Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, this show will be a little bit different today. We're going to be discussing the Uvalde shooting and mass shootings in general. I'm going to be covering some sensitive topics so that if anybody uh, wants to skip this episode, I completely understand. Um, You may not want to have your children in the room for this one. Um, You may uh, want to have them listen to this, but regardless, we are going to have uh, a silent segment today where we are going to have a moment of silence for those lost in the Buffalo shooting, in the California shooting, and most recently in the Uvalde shooting. So we will not have an intro music segment for this session. I'm going to take 30 seconds of silence to honor those who lost their lives and also honor those who lost their lives with Memorial Day coming up or have passed depending on when this episode is released. So we will have a brief moment of silence to honor all those who have lost their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to the Conservative Connection. I'm Crow. I'm here to give you the lowdown of everything re- recently that's been happening. So, unfortunately, um, about four four days ago, on the day of this recording, on May 24th, there was an 18 year old man who decided to go into Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, and he was armed with a a uh, AR-15 rifle, and he took the lives of 19 children. Uh, he, he was a transgender individual from what we know about him. He uh, was very antisocial. He had many of the tropes of a mass shooter, and he was. Uh, we, we don't know anything about his parents. We don't know anything about you know um, his living situation growing up other than that he lived with his grandmother. There are... A lot of interesting uh, facts about this case, and I wanted to just talk about uh, mass shootings in general. Now, the left has not hesitated to go after this narrative in order to try to push gun control, which they always do. They always do this. But there were a lot of disturbing facts uh, uh, about this case, and recently... We just had a bombshell go through in the news, and this was an NBC report. Federal agents were first instructed by local law enforcement at Robb Elementary to wait and not go after the gunman. 
ladies and ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I cannot tell you how upset this makes me um, to know that federal agents were instructed by local law enforcement to wait while an active shooter was taking out children. Um, after about 30 minutes, the federal agents went against the guidance they were given, and they took down the shooter, according to Julia E. Ainsley at NBC News. According to one source, a senior law enforcement official said the breaking point from the federal agents came when parents were trying to go into the building themselves. And these these brave parents, without any weapons on them or without anything um, that they could use as equal force, tried to break into the building to save their children or to save children. And a father was tased and a mother was put in handcuffs. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is that is completely inexcusable. And the fact that they were told to wait was extremely inexcusable. I, I, I can't even put into words uh, what what these parents must be uh, must be facing. And uh, this is this is going to be a difficult episode to, uh, to get through. But um, according to the officials, agents from BORTAC and the CBP tactical unit and ICE's HSI arrived between 12 and 12.15 p.m. Local law enforcement asked them to wait and instructed HSI agents to help pull children out of the windows. And this is the NBC News report. And it, it just broke recently on May 27th of 2022 at around 5.47 p.m. Uh, two senior federal law enforcement officials said the agents decided after about 30 minutes to wait no longer and entered the school to find um, the gunman. Um, first of all, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is it is not standard procedure for law enforcement officials to wait uh, for a SWAT team. When Columbine happened, it was basically the the nine eleven of moment for school shootings, and uh, th this is a problem that unfortunately I, um, being born in the nineties, uh, grew up with, and uh, it, it's it's a very devastating issue because uh, there, there's no hostage negotiation with a school shooter. There's no incentive that you can give him. There's nothing that you can plead to him with because his goal is to go in, cause as much mass destruction as possible, despite any harm to himself. And law enforcement ever since Columbine has been specifically instructed, if something like this is to happen, you go in and you take out the shooter right away. You do not wait. You never wait. What these law enforcement enforcement officials did was inexcusable. And before I go deeper into this, I'm sorry. Um, I, I would ask that you pray 
for these individuals, that you pray for the individuals affected by the California shooting, by the Buffalo shooting, and most recently by the Uvalde shooting and the other shootings that have happened recently. Guys, if I am missing one, I severely apologize. I'm trying to keep all my thoughts together right now. But what we really need is to pray for these people, for these these parents. The left has tried to use this terrible event that took place and basically stand on the graves of these kids before their bodies are even cold, Some sometimes a day, sometimes two days after this event happened and say that, oh, they just need to push gun control. And this has been probably the biggest backfire of any time the left has tried to not let a crisis go to waste and play on people's emotions. Um, Beto O'Rourke decided to grandstand and be a media whore by going and trying to scream uh, in the middle of a public event that took place in which he was called a sick individual for trying to do so. And I completely agree. Um, Ted Cruz was there and others were there. Uh, I'm not going to play any clips um, today. I'm, I'm just going to be going through news sources and I'm going to be giving my thoughts on these situations. And former President Barack Obama had uh, this to say, and I was, I was utterly shocked by his statement because it is devoid of all empathy or, or even uh, sympathy to these parents. And he said three days, three days ago on May 25th, that the day after, um, less than 24 hours after the shooting, as we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who loved him. Ladies and gentlemen, only Barack Obama could take this terrible, awful, evil tragedy and make it about dividing everybody based on race. I don't think there's a single president in U.S. history that could have gotten away with these comments. And I know some people are saying, well, well, he wanted to honor both. Ladies and gentlemen, if, if you want to honor both, you send out at least a separate tweet. You do not say, let's not have this tragedy overshadow something that happened two years ago, because that's what we really need to care about. And I cannot imagine the parents of this event looking at this response. I, I just, it, it makes me so mad. I, I, I can't even put it into words. But these, these parents need uh, the comfort of God in helping them overcome this awful tragedy and what has happened to them. I, I, can't, I can't even begin to fathom um, what they might be going through. But we have a mental health crisis in America 
and a spiritual crisis, and it's being masqueraded as a gun problem. Now, again, I said, they, they're they using this to try to push things like red flag laws and other things. And we, we can go into the different political angles of what they're trying to push later. But I, I just want to say that right now, these people need help. They need prayer. They need God. And they need spiritual leaders in the area to help them and to help them mourn and to try to get over this. But we have, we have a lot of problems in the United States. And what tends to happen in school shooters is it's a recent phenomenon. Again, I said it's only been around since the 1990s. So they tend to share the same aspects um, or the same traits. And it's something in America that goes far beyond a policy discussion. It, re- it really does. School shooters tend to um, they tend to be socially isolated. They tend to be on black label drugs, um, like ad- addicted to pharmaceuticals, um, loners, isolated, aggressive, um, self harming. They um, sometimes they they are inclined to play uh, violent video games. Um, they have no friends, online chats, no church, no spiritual leaders. They can come from um, single mother homes. And again, this is not our, to disparage single mothers, but when you have an absent father, it uh, it does something to you. Women are amazing at raising children during the early years of life and protecting them. They, they really are. They're, they're amazing at helping them be formed in their early years. But as they get older and they delve into puberty, you, you need a father in the home to give that child some direction, or you need some male role models to help him on the right path. And, and unfortunately, in many cases, we, we do not have that. And I know people will disparage and shrug their shoulders at um, the comment of like a, a violent video game. And do, do I think that uh, Call of Duty is, is allowing people to, you know, just turn into crazy nutbags? Like, absolutely not. But um, I think there is something to actually be said for that. You have games like um, Hatred. Um, that was a 2015 game in which you, you would play as a mass shooter and you were basically just trying to kill as many innocents as possible and commit mass genocide with a character reading from what sounds like a killer's manifesto. And just there, there's no goal to, to that game other than to just kill as many people as possible and and to just to, to just do it for fun there's I, I don't even believe there's any person uh, fighting back you have games like manhunt 2 in which you, you play as a serial killer in uh, some of the goriest things I've ever seen and ladies and gentlemen it, it takes me a lot it takes me a lot um, to be grossed out by gore and uh, that that game made me sick I, there was a game on Amazon uh, that was being distributed years ago it was a it was an uh, uh, an anime game or something it was called rape play I'm, I'm not making that up that before it got banned eventually it wasn't even banned right away but the I, I think we really need to take a look at the mental health crisis in America we need to get America back to the spiritual leadings of things like the Bible spiritual leaders around us because really what happened was just a, a pure act of evil it um there 
there really is no justification for this. Uh, there's there's none whatsoever, and I really hate to hear people give um, this kid excuses. I know the grandmother was saying, "Oh, uh, there, there were reasons. There, there's no reason. There's no reason for what this guy did. It uh, was not a revenge killing." You know, people were saying he was bullied. He he didn't go after his bullies. He went after little kids who were eight, nine, ten years old, and younger. There, there was really no connection between a, a revenge or what he did. There's, there's nothing. And I, I really hate to to see people say that, but th- there's there's some interesting things developing about this case. The door was left unlocked. Now I don't know about you, but that's not a very complicated problem to solve. There have been serial killers and people who barged into people's homes to, to rob them or kill them in which all they did was simply look for an unlocked door. So that, that was inexcusable on the school's part. I have questions of why didn't the school immediately locked, locked down? Um, there was a car crash apparently near the school and the shooter was outside that car crash for, for 12 minutes in, in which there was no police response. Again, how did this shooter get into the the building? I I, I don't know yet. But why wasn't there an immediate lockdown when the shooter entered the building? And there's some peculiar things about this shooter. He was apparently, because I'm hearing conflicting reports. You know, we initially heard that he shot his grandmother and that she died. Now we're hearing that she was in critical condition. But we also heard that he bought a Daniel Defense rifle. Now, Daniel Defense rifles, um, they they are expensive the, on the expensive end of the spectrum. I think with tax, it's going to cost you almost $2,000. I believe it's $1,875 for Daniel Defense rifle. Then you have to add the the cost of body armor on top of that, then you have to add 350 rounds of five odd six. And ladies and gentlemen, I I just have to ask myself, how did a kid who was 18 years old with no job and um, who was basically a high school dropout and was, was not doing well in school and was not attending class, how did he save up enough money to buy Three, four, five thousand dollars worth of military gear when you ha- when you're 18 and you have no job, and a couple days after your 18th birthday, there's no way to establish a line of credit in which you could spend thousands and thousands of dollars if you have no credit history. Uh, there's and is if you just turn 18, you can just now get a credit card. I I don't understand how he got this money. Where did that funding come from? And um, only a few people tend to be asking uh, this this question. And I, I want to know who funded that. And I think asking the question of where did these funds come from to have this kid who has nothing and, and like a, either a dead-end job or no job, depending on which report you, you read, whether or not he was fired or not, because the, the reports are still conflicting. How does somebody like that, do you have three, four, five grand? laying around I don't you know and I I work a decent job and everything else but I, I have bills to pay I have investments to make like five grand out of nowhere to just to, to do that would cut it would take me some time uh, 
to save up. And then we have the fact that it, this this individual had a violent, violent history. And I know that there are reports that you, you shouldn't share a shooter's name and that you shouldn't go into their history. But honestly, we have to make the connections of why these shooters are the way they are or what is producing this because this was not a problem years ago. It's not a gun problem. There used to be rifle shooting classes in in high school. Um, you know, kids who were 10, 12 years old used to walk by I, my um, my former um, Boy Scout leader, I remember telling me as a kid, said, yeah, I, I would sling a shotgun over my shoulder at about 11, 12 years old, walk down the middle of the street and go hunting for raccoons. It was just a normal thing. You know, people had guns in the school um, for these shooting classes. There were there were not mass shootings back then. And as time has progressed, you, you used to be able to buy an automatic rifle in the United States. Now that's almost impossible to do. You can do it, but it's it's very, 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 very hard to do. And gun laws have only gotten stricter. So like have gun laws gotten stricter? Or have they gotten more loose over time? And the answer is obviously stricter. And yet we still have these same problems. And there is not a single person where who would not give up all their firearms all at once if it meant that every single act of violence and every single shooting and every single homicide would be solved. And we just live in this happy rainbow-like utopia where everybody sang and danced and, and played and it was like heaven on earth. Nobody would not do that. It does not work. It does not work. It is completely unrealistic to think that another law could have solved this problem. It's illegal to bring a gun on a school premises. Okay. The first thing that I learned when I got my concealed carry is do not go within a thousand feet of a schoolyard when you are just passing through. You, you can't even w just walk by. It's, it's illegal. Okay. We already have a law that says you can't bring guns on the premises. We are, we already have laws against murder. We already have laws and that this shooter violated shooter violated several different laws. It did not stop him. Murder is against the law. Okay, it's not going to stop a killer. And now, this this has backfired in such a huge way with police officers telling federal agents, don't go in. It, it took an off-duty uh, border agent who heard everything to go rush in and try to save these kids. So this idea of a good guy with a gun not working, well, it worked in this scenario. So I don't see why that is not being addressed. But the the amount of gun control that they're they're trying to push is insane. And again, they're trying to use this to push red flag laws. So again, go back to the very first episode we did. It aged like fine wine. There was a reason why red flag laws are now the go-to. They try to push red flag laws like they are some sort of compromise in between in the middle and where it's not extreme and it's not it's not like a, an overt way of taking your guns but it is it is a violation of eight 
of the amendments of the Constitution of the United States. And I'm not making this up. Again, we, me and my former co-host Rob laid out pretty much everything you need to know about red flag laws. So we, we went into great detail, but I'll just, I'll just go over a brief overhaul again of what red flag laws do. So like red flag laws, the idea behind this is if you got somebody like Ted Bundy, Ed Gein, or this shooter or the Buffalo shooter who was a COVID paranoid or the California shooter or anyone, if they, if they display illicit signs that there is something wrong with them, that you can go in and take their firearms. It, it, it sounds good on paper because if you got a weirdo running around, you don't want that crazy person in society to be having a firearm. Obviously, we didn't want any of these three individuals to have a firearm and they ended up getting their hands on one. Now, regardless of what you think on that, you know, you know there is no limited availability or scarcity of guns in this country. There's more guns than people. If a criminal or crazy person wants to find a gun, they will find one. Okay, they will find one or they'll find another weapon like Waukesha where he used a car. Nobody's talking about, oh, we need to go after all the all the different car manufacturers in which somebody used them in a crazy running spree. In 9-11, they used planes and, they, and, and some box cutters. Okay, nobody's talking about banning air travel permanently because something like that might happen again. But we can adapt. There are certain things we can do. We can catch early warning signs. And that's not the problem that I have with red flag laws. The, the problem I have is what you do about it. So let's go over the eight amendments that red flag laws violate. Okay, the second amendment, right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Pretty obvious violation. The fourth amendment, unreasonable searches and seizures. The fifth amendment, due process and civil pr criminal proceedings. You have no due process in a red flag law scenario. Um, you, don't, you don't even need to be present to defend yourself. In many cases, a judge will just sign off the order because he does not want to deal with anything if something goes wrong and he's the judge that didn't sign. So he'll sign whatever they push in front of him and you have an ex parte decision in which you do not need to be present in order for them to okay the break-in to your home or for whatever means necessary to get your guns. In my current state of Illinois, if your guns get taken in a red flag law case, uh, they can be held for anywhere from three to five years. And then you got to spend all this money to try to defend yourself to get them back. So you got second amendment, shall not be infringed. Fourth amendment, unreasonable searches and seizures. Fifth amendment, due process and criminal, uh, criminal and civil proceedings. The sixth amendment, speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state confronted with the witnesses against your right to face the, the witnesses against you and your right to face your accuser and have a defense. The first amendment, if you say something that seems a little bit off, or you say, man, I hate these people who are um, costing us all this gas prices. Like, I, I just can't stand that. They could take that as a threat and they could take away your firearms. And anybody could do this, a jealous coworker, anybody. There is no background check on anybody who is trying to write you up to take your firearms. It could be anybody. So it do, it doesn't ha there's no background check on the person trying to take your firearms away. You could have somebody who wants to stake out your place and rob you, and they could give you a red flag law um, or take advantage of a red flag law, red flag you, and then you have no firearms, and they could go in and take your stuff. Um, the 14th Amendment, 
no deprivation of life, liberty, or, prop- or property without due process, nor to deny the equal protection of laws. The Ninth Amendment. Enumeration of certain rights in the Constitution shall not be construed to deny or disparage others pertained by the people like the right to face your accuser. The Tenth Amendment also gets violated. And this is something that was written into the show. The Tenth Amendment gets violated. That was Nick who wrote that. The power is not delegated to the U.S. by the Constitution nor prohibited. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. ...by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people and nowhere in Article 1, Section 8, where it lists specifically the articles listed to the power of the federal government does it say anything about a, about a gut law okay eight amendments of your personal liberties get violated with a red flag law second fourth fifth sixth first fourteenth ninth and tenth okay shall not be infringed unreasonable searches and, and seizures due process and sim- civil and criminal proceedings speedy and public trial the right uh, to speak on a public platform, no deprivation of property without due process, enumeration of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others, and the Tenth Amendment, which is the powers not delegated by the United States of the Constitution nor prohibited are reser- to the states, are reserved to the states respectively. Okay, so eight amendments, second, fourth, fifth, sixth, first, ninth, fourteenth, tenth, it's, it's unbelievable how much freedom you lose when you decide to act in a way that is emotional without thinking things through. And I'm really tired of the people who keep telling me about the Breonna Taylor case tell me why they want red flag laws. What do you think is going to happen? People have died in trying to enforce this because if somebody breaks into my home at 3 o'clock in the morning, I really don't care if they've got a badge to their name. I'm going to assume you're uh, somebody trying to break into my home. And if you're breaking into my home armed, I have to assume that you're crazy enough to kill me. Okay, I'm not I'm not taking chances like that. But the same people who will tell you about how awful it was that cops broke in with the Breonna Taylor case will also tell you they want a red flag law. It does not work. And even if it did work, I'll throw out an olive branch. Even if red flag laws did work, you didn't solve the problem. You didn't investigate the killer or potential killer. You didn't investigate the weirdo or guy who might have guns. You don't arrest him or her. You arrest the gun. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the gun is not going to step up and shoot itself or shoot shoot a bunch of people. Okay. The gun works only for the purposes that the person who's holding it wants it to. A gun itself is not going to be able to do anything, okay? Arresting a gun does not solve the problem. It would be like arresting 
It'd be like arresting Jack the Ripper's knife. Did you did you bring in Jack the Ripper? No, but I got his knife. Great, he's gonna find another knife. And same thing with the person whose weapon you took. They're just gonna find another weapon. You didn't actually investigate anything or prevent them from doing anything. You just you you took one gun away, good. There's a black market. They can go find three more. I'm from Chicago. We have some of the most strict gun laws in in the country. And we have a shooting every other weekend or, or every weekend, depending on how closely you're paying attention to it. We have stabbings, we have shootings. Um, and again, California and New York, the other two states, you know, you've got California, New York, and Texas. You have three different mass shootings. Two of them were from extremely liberal states. Chicago, I don't even need to tell you. It's a violent, violent place. So how is it that we've got three mass shootings that happen and the only one the media want to focus on is the one in the conservative state? Yeah. You know, they did focus on Buffalo, but again, I don't know how you how you get into the Buffalo shooting and you say, Oh, we need more gun control laws. It's New York. Again, if I land in New York from a plane and I go over there legally carrying, they're going to arrest me. You need a specific concealed carry license from New York, and it's a May issue state. Anyway, we were are going to go on a brief break, and we will be right back. So one of, getting back to the police officers situation, they, they told everybody to wait. And this is one of the greatest backfires for the left. And I think it's also one of the biggest scandals right now in America, because one, you don't do that. Why would you wait? Why would you tell people to try to go rescue kids out the side of the window? No, you go and you stop the shooter. You stop the immediate threat. That's what you do. You don't sit around and wait. You don't tell other people on the scene to wait. And what pisses off so many people is these police officers did more to physically assault the parents trying to save their children than they did in trying to stop the shooter. I'm sorry if I'm tumbling over my words today. I'm very upset, as I'm guessing you are too. But now... We go into the training of the Uvalde officers. And again, I don't know how you push gun control in which you say the police are the only people who should have firearms when the police fail at their job in the specific instance you're using to push gun control. I don't know. I, I don't understand how you do that. Nobody else should have a gun other than the police. Why? So we can sit around and wait for the police to prattle outside for an hour or 45 minutes to an hour. Every single minute that passes when you don't take care of a threat like this. And again, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm just your average Joe. But the fact that I understand this and the police don't or they deliberately did not act is what ticks me off so much. And the left and the, the right are completely united here in their disdain for what these police officers did. Yeah, I know all these people back to blue. You've got a fatal funnel. You get you can't go in. Look, 
these officers went against direct protocol of stopping a shooter and then stopped other people who were armed, not just the parents, but people who were armed, like federal agents, from going in. Why? I have no idea. I have no idea, but this needs to be investigated. It, it, it really does. I, I don't know who needs to investigate it, a private investigator, because I don't so much trust our FBI for obvious reasons. But really, what in the world gave them even the idea to stop this, from to stop people from helping? To stop people from ending the life of the shooter. To stop, like, what what gave them the idea to go against direct protocol to wait? It makes no sense. Everybody wants to always push gun control in a mass shooting, but why? So people have to rely on these cops to do crap, the same crap they did in Parkland, where they just wait outside and do nothing? Let me ask you a question. For my audience listening, you guys remember in Parkland where they said we need to have armed teachers. Who do you think has more of an incentive to stop a mass shooter immediately? A teacher who's actually already there with the students that he loves and that he teaches and that he has a good relationship with? Or a, a, a cop who is waiting outside and being told that they can't go in for from whoever or for whatever reason because it's it's direct orders. I mean, thank God that the federal agents decided to go against direct orders when they saw a a parent being tased by the other cops. Again, they did more to physically attack the parents who were trying to save their children than they did to try to stop the shooter. And it just, it blows my mind that that is the case. But if we look at the tactics that were expected to use to halt the shooters, the, the documents that I was overlooking were, were jarring. In the past two years, the Uvalde School District has hosted at least two active shooter training days. One of them was just two months ago before the shooting. The trainings include both classroom teaching and role-playing scenarios inside school hallways. The Uvalde training session two months ago relied on guidelines that gave explicit expectations for officers responding to an active shooter. The training is clear. Timing is of the eff- timing is of the eff- essence. The first priority is to move in and confront the attacker. Officers responding to active shooter events should be working through the following list of priorities during an event. Priority number one, stop the killing. Officers' first priority is to move in and confront the attacker. This may include bypassing the injured and not responding to cries for help from children. Stop the dying. Priority two, once the threat has been isolated, detracted, and or neutralized, they should begin providing medical aids to those most seriously injured. Number three, evacuate the injured. As soon as the scene can be secured, every effort should be made to quickly evacuate the severely injured to medical facilities where they can get proper treatment. Nowhere, nowhere in any protocol has there ever been a direct initiative that says, wait, ever, whatsoever. So how should officers confront the gunmen with a tactical team? Because people say that, well, maybe they were waiting for a SWAT team. The training says that, That is probably not feasible 
because the urgency is so high. A single officer, the training says, may need to confront the suspect on their own. So again, go in, stop the shooting. Go in, stop the shooting. Time is of the essence. Do not wait. Do not wait. This is in every single protocol, even in the one at the same school less than two months ago. The the clarity of the urgency of going in is, is sobering. The first officers may be risking their lives, but it says innocence take innocent lives take priority. A first responder unwilling to place the lives of the innocent above their own safety should consider another career field. The training expectations are obviously in stark contrast to what we have seen in the Uvalde shooting. Police officials have said that officers were reluctant to engage the gunman because they could have been shot. Again, they were told, it's more than that. They were told not to go in and they were telling other federal agents to not go in. The guidelines actually provide scenarios in which officers are shot, including one modeled after the Santa Fe High School shooting, also in Texas. The scenario explains that if one officer is shot, the second is expected to go on responding solo. You do not wait for backup. It's clear that the officers did not follow the scenario this week. 19 officers staged outside the classroom. 78 minutes. 78 minutes before they entered the school. Children repeatedly calling 911 from inside. And the officer has the gall to say, yeah, it was the wrong it was the wrong decision. You think? There is no protocol for that. There is no decision-making process. There is no writing. You, These officers deliberately went against a protocol for how to respond to a school shooting, and we have no idea why. We need to continually scrutinize this response. If you know children are being murdered, why do you wait? Get in there. Other nationwide trading for active shooters lays out the groundwork. In mass shootings, police are trained. First priority, confront the attacker. No protocol. No no incentive. No writing. No training. Nothing. Nothing to tell you to not go in or to wait, or to wait for backup, or to get somebody else. There is, there is no protocol for that. There is no writing for that. There is nothing. Can you, can you tell I'm ticked off today? A lot of unanswered questions. We, we really need to scrutinize these police officers more. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to consider having teachers who are armed in the school. We cannot afford more incidents like this to happen in which 78 minutes pass before a police officer walks into the school while a crazy person with a gun, a a, a mentally ill nut job is killing children. It cannot happen. I trust a teacher who loves those students and who is there for those students and wants to protect those students and their own life much more than I trust the police officers. Again, we saw this in Parkland. The police, for whatever reason, go through these scandals all the time where they do not respond correctly. And regardless of even if they did respond correctly, the 
Time is of the essence. The teacher is already there. He doesn't need a driving time. He doesn't need to wait around. He He's there. He's with the children. His life is at risk. He doesn't need to put his life at risk by running in, which a retired border agent did do. And because of the laws surrounding schools where you, you can't go near a school with a firearm, it really does take a retired police officer or border agent to be there by, by the hand of God. Thank, thank God that that guy was there and he rushed in to go save those kids because our local law enforcement wasn't going to do it. He was off duty at the time, according to what I've read. The teachers need to have that option, okay? Because according to leftist policies, they would much rather have the man who run in the retired border agent, they would much rather have him be arrested, according to liberal policies, for carrying a gun near a school premises than they would actually praising him for saving those kids' lives. I'm not suggesting they're actually going to do that. I'm just telling you that's the way these laws are written. Concealed carry permit holders tend to be more law-abiding statistically than most police officers. And we've... (laughs) It's ironic, that statistic. Again, I I was watching a video actually in New Mexico where they were asking the students and they were saying, would you trust your teacher or be safer? Do you feel safer with your teacher having a firearm? The whole class answers yes. They know the teacher. They have a relationship with the teacher. The teacher has a relationship with the students. And why should we... Go through this same scenario again where we're not sure whether or not the police are going to come in. You need somebody on the scene who cares about the kids and who is protecting their own life and has an incentive to stop the shooter immediately because we've seen the same things happen over and over again. And there, there's no gun law that would have stopped this. And I find it very peculiar that the left is trying to go after Daniel Defense, which is a gun manufacturer. Did anybody try to go after the gun manufacturers of Columbine? No. Nobody used the United States press conferences of a presidential administration in order to try to single out specific gun companies to to try to hurt them financially. The, The killer could have used a car to crash in through the building. He could have done a lot of things. He probably would have gotten a, a gun on the black market. So- what do you think is more effective? Five, 10, 100 more laws that don't do anything? Or somebody there on the scene who, after the first 12-minute car crash, would have taken the shooter out because they were armed? Like, what, what, what do you think would be more effective? These, these people, these politicians, they do not care about you. They do not care about the kids. They do not care. They only care about their agenda. And it is sick. It is sick to watch them grandstand like this. They just, they love using this as an excuse. And it, it just makes me sick. But yeah, never before have I seen a United States press conference during any mass shooting to be used to single out a specific gun manufacturing company. Nobody cared about the the type of vehicle the person in Waukesha used. Oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't report Waukesha because we can't use that narrative politically for a liberal agenda, can we? 
there's a lot of things that we can do. If you see somebody who's committing self-harm, it's cry for help. It's a red flag. You know, ironically, I know I'm not in favor of red flag laws, but you can actually report the person. And again, where was Child Protective Services in this? They were so busy going after all these different people, whether or not their kids were vaccinated or whether or not they were using pronouns correctly. And they were more concerned about that than this situation. So I want to know where DCFS was. I want to know where this kid's parents were. I want to know how the grandmother allowed this kid to do what he did and for it to escalate to violence and whether or not the police had a history of him. And if, if they did, why did it not show up on a federal background check when Daniel Defense did a federal background check? Because they're they're required to do that and it's required to go through an FFL in order for anybody to receive a rifle. And who gave the kid all the money? I want to know the answers to these questions. But regardless, we we severely need to scrutinize these police. And I think all this has done is backfire and it has made a very solid argument that police officers are not the only first responders that we should have on the scene because when they fail, everybody dies. And I'm sorry to put it that extremely, but it's true. When you have a disarmed populace, then you are left at the mercy of local law enforcement. And if local law enforcement don't deem your lives worthy enough to try to help for 78 minutes, you're just out of luck. People will, and and the left has undermined their own argument. They'll say, look at places like Australia. Well, actually it turns out in Australia, yeah, crime has gone down. Shootings and, and stabbings have gone down. You know why? Because secretly there's actually more guns in Australia after the ban than there was before the ban. How do you like that? Now, it's very, very interesting, isn't it? But, oh, I didn't actually mean it like that. And also, government in Australia got extremely totalitarian anyway after they were allowed to do that within local law. And we've already seen the Canadians seizing bank money. So that's not an argument anymore. The left really has no argument for this. In places like Switzerland, where they encourage people to have firearms and everybody has one and they're well-trained, we don't have these issues. We have a mental health and a spiritual health crisis in America masquerading as a gun problem. We need spiritual leaders. We need men. We need to end broken families. This this was a pure act of evil. And it, it really does boil down to good and evil. A bunch of laws are not going to solve that. There are things we can do. We can end violence. We can look into use of black label drugs. We can look into how to help people who have mental problems. But I really want to know the answers to some of these questions, how he got into the school, why the school didn't go into immediate lockdown, why the cops told people to wait outside, why they were tasing parents and and why they stopped other federal agents from going in. And the federal agents had to disobey the orders in order to help. In the, in the pursuit of undermining evil, it is required that good men do something. So it, I, I don't belittle anyone for the idea that something needs to be done. Something obviously needs to be done. But I'm asking people to think through the exact policies that would have stopped this. This is a home and a God and a mental health crisis problem. We need, we need to start looking into the similarities. And it's why I don't really like the 
study that says don't say the, the shooter's name or don't have enough information about the shooter because the studies on whether or not it, it has copycats, I understand them, but they used to be solid. Now they say they tend to prevent copycats or it, it looks in the suggestion that they might. I think we need to know more about these shooters and I think we need to make a lot of connections because we've made a lot. We can see that they all have similar traits and we can see that they're needs to be better instances of people. Like if, if somebody comes to school and they've got a bunch of scars on their face because they told a kid that he, he was cutting himself, the kid, like, if you see something like that, say something by all means. You, this was a hard episode. It's a hard episode to do. And, uh, I am, uh, I'm fighting so much to keep this clean and to, come at this from a level-headed perspective, but you can see my emotions are running high too. In this, in this certain topic, you need to have level heads prevail. And in, in a debate, the left has an advantage because they have a very strong emotional appeal. Nobody wants to see kids get hurt. And I hate seeing the left portray anybody who wants the Second Amendment protected as some sort of crazy lunatic who somehow endorses this. And it really shows you how heartless they are because they don't really care about the families or the people or the tragedy. They just grandstand. You've got Michael Moore on a podcast saying we need to completely overhaul the second amendment. That's not even an exaggeration. That's pretty much exactly what he said. I want to throw in the quote because I don't even think it deserves your time, but there are things that we can be doing. There are ways to prevent these kind of evil acts from happening. It starts in the home. It starts with a good mother and father. It starts with a good family community. It starts with pastors. It starts with teachers. It starts with male role models. It starts with what we're allowing um, our children to grow up with and to be taught. And I think that we can do better. I do. I do think that we can do better. In a debate, usually what will happen is you will start off with logic and you will double down on emotion. And I am doubling down on emotion somewhat because it has become increasingly clear that we can no longer rely on police department, uh, police department long response times to figure out whether or not our kids are going to live. And throughout the years... Every single time we look into this, we always find the police officers and the police department failing almost every time now in some way in Parkland and all these other shootings. And it, in the most devastating shootings, they fail in the worst ways. And we need to fix this. So look into exactly what policies that you want in place, but it goes far beyond policy. Pray for these people. Pray for the victims, the victims, parents, everybody who was affected. And during this Memorial Day weekend, I know it's a very somber one. I, I would ask that you also honor the military and people who have passed away. It's not just a three-day weekend. It's a, it's a lot more than that. So whether or not it's passed already, I'm not sure, depending on when this recording will get out. But again, this is a heart problem. This is a God problem. This is a problem that our country needs to fix. And if we had more stable families 
like we would, I, like, like we did in the past. I severely believe, I sincerely believe that this would not be a problem. Sorry if I've been tripping over my words today. I'm just trying to collect all my thoughts and to articulate them in a well-organized manner and do the best that I can to cover the scandal and to help people to understand why certain things work and why certain things don't work. Again, go back and listen to my episode that, that me and Rob did on red flag laws. If you get a chance, it is worth your time. It really is. I went into it in a lot more detail. Thank you everybody for coming here. Pray. Um, I'm praying for you as well. I hope that uh, God gives you um, a good weekend that he blesses your family. I pray for these victims that they would find peace and spiritual guidance in this time of crisis during this American tragedy. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, stay connected. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.